about to be a completely unreliable asshole. Hello, Tim. Hi, Ryan. Good morning to you. Good morning. And to everyone else who may be listening, who is listening, if you just heard me say you may be listening, you are indeed listening. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it may be. Uh, Please continue listening. (laughs) Yes. Well, we're just getting started, Tim. We haven't even said yet. Welcome to Dismembering Horror, mm-hmm. the podcast show where myself, Ryan McDuffie, and myself, Tim Aslan, we dismember a horror film every week, in fact. And what does it mean to dismember a horror film, Tim? Well, we um, we plug the TV in, yep. <laughs> and then we turn up the electricity and we watch the TV Mm-hmm. And we jump inside of the TV. Yep. And then we jump out and rip the TV apart. Yep. Is that all set to work? no more, Mister Nice Guy? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then we also talk about what worked for us, what didn't work for us, and anything we found interesting or noteworthy about the horror film, whether that be a tidbit or an observation or a question at play. Yeah. Or as I like to do, just random factoids because. I have nothing more to offer. (laughs) Anything that doesn't quite fit into what worked and what didn't work today. And every day we do it. And we watched a film from 1989 trying to cross off our our Wes Craven filmography checklist. (laughs) Yeah, that's an interesting... That'd be a fun week to just blaze through all of his movies. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing we can do... uh, Oh, I like that idea for, uh, I mean, I guess we don't have to wait for Halloween era, but whenever we, Hey, it's our show, Tim, if we want to, what would be the, what would be the like anti Halloween? What's, what's six months exactly from Halloween? Well, I thought more if we could do, if it was like the director's birthday month, that could be a reason to do it or something like that. Or, (laughs) you know, be appropriately morbid and do a death anniversary too. (laughs) Yeah. Either way. It'd be March 30th. Okay. <laughs> so just to hold us over until yeah. whatever our next Halloween special is. Weena Weena Hollow. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> just messing with that. Um what did we do last we watched Hexen last time. That was fun. That was fun. That was a double buy it for us. Yeah. It was good talking about it. Um I don't know anything else you got before we get into this movie, catch up on. Uh, I don't think so. There was something. I always want to clarify something. Disney Plus is out. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, you know, once they have their first horror films on there, well, <laughs> I, the Halloween Town is on there, and Halloween Town Two. I, I don't saw. even know what is that. They're like some uh, Disney, you know, oh, uh, like channel. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Um. No, I, I just listen to our, you know, when I'm editing our episodes, sometimes uh, I'll have a thought of like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I could clarify that now or uh, put, put that a little differently or whatever, sure. whatever. But whatever, I forget. What 90% of what I say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Well, we'll just do the first things first then and get into the trailer for the film we watched. How about that? What was the film we watched? Shocker. Oh, <laughs> We are here today to bear witness to the execution of Horace Pinker, whose unspeakable atrocities have horrified the people of this great state. 
He stands convicted of 52 counts of aggravated assault, 23 counts of armed robbery, and 37 counts of murder in the first degree. Prisoner, have any final words? Yeah. No more Mr. Nice Guy. I don't think he's dead. Wes Craven brings you his greatest creation. Shocker. That was a slick, slick, brief trailer. Yeah, I like trailers that have that just sort of get in, get out. Yep. <laughs> yep. What's the setup? Give it get set up. Give us some teases. Don't explain the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> Show off some indelible imagery. Yep. All right, Tim. That's cool. Next is our rating. Mm -hmm. Would you, Tim, tell yourself to avoid Shocker, Stream Shocker, Rent Shocker, or Buy Shocker? I'm actually kind of torn. I might rent this. It's it's not good. <laughs> like, but I had a lot of fun with it. So, uh, may, maybe, you know what? I mean, we did rent it, um, but like if I was sitting there and look like looking for something to watch and that was a rent, like a two ninety nine rent or something like that, I'd probably not do it. So by that logic, I'm a stream. I also give it a stream, though we made the most of our time, I think. <laughs> And yeah. the ending is pretty great and stuff throughout it was good. Um, yeah. I just can't shake that, honestly, like for most of the movie or by the, by the time it, by the time it hit like the hour 20 mark when I, it was like the, what I thought was going to be the ending, <laughs> I like was just waiting for it to be over. And then I was yeah. sad it wasn't over. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh God, we're still going. Even though that's when it got to the better stuff. But just the very fact that I was like, yeah, you know, um, definitely slogging through it for the most part. <laughs> I think I can only give it a stream. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, it, it's... It's a weird movie. <laughs> yeah. Which sometimes I just love. And you there know, are parts of it yeah. that I think are just hilarious and awesome and so dumb. Yeah. And, but it, uh, we'll get into it. <laughs> we will. <laughs> well, well, great. Yeah, that's it. So then our summary is next. Oh boy. Okay. Um, so let's see. College quarterback Peter Berg. Okay. Let's start with him. And his dickhead Wait, what, what did you call him? College quarterback? No, Peter Berg. Peter Berg. That's the actor. Yeah, that's the actor. Okay. I don't I fucking know. I, Jonathan, right? Yeah. Whatever, Jonathan. <laughs> Ugh, this full name thing. So 80s. So Jonathan Parker, <laughs> he's a quarterback and he's uh he is a part of a foster family. His mom dies. That's not that big of a deal to him because that doesn't get the plot going. No. But so then his I, girlfriend dies. Right. And but you know what I like start. about Jonathan Parker and the setup of him is that he he need he's <laughs> like 
His character flaw is that he doesn't like focus enough. <laughs> Where do you see that? In the in the opening uh practice, the coach comes down on him really hard. He's like, You gotta focus more, Jonathan. And then he focuses harder and he catches a pass and like, you know, oh my runs God. to the f- I just realized did is it his sorry. Does his concussion give him the dream ability thing? Ooh. Is that why that happens to him this whole time? Maybe. I'm wondering. Okay. <laughs> so then he gets a concussion. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what to take away from that, but that's his setup. Yeah. So, but yeah. So on that point, he then goes home and is, you know, or to his frat house or something. I don't even know where he lives. And he's his girlfriend's. No, that's that's where he lives with his like foster parents. Is because that's the same house that he like walks into, and his no. mom's dead. And... No, they are what? two different houses. No. I know it took me a minute, but they are two different. They houses. look exactly like. I know. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so his girlfriend, Allison, right? She stays the night because she's concerned about his concussion, and he has a dream that his. Mom and sister and brother are being killed by a serial murderer who's out on the loose. And that his dad, his stepdad, uh, who's the lead detective, has failed to catch. They don't know nothing about this Mm -hmm. guy. And magically, Jonathan has this prescient dream of, of the murder of his his own family. He can send his dad the angry cop. Um, he, he's able to send the cops like saying, oh, this is his truck. This is exactly what happened. Yet he's still like not trusting of him. Like, I don't know. He never once acknowledges like, oh, good job, son. I don't know how you knew this. Right. Wow. Look, we found him. That never happens. That's an interesting, like, is that commentary on something? Like just, or is it just bad rote sort of, um, father- Bad wrote father because <laughs> because he doesn't he's um, let's just say extremely one note yeah even though at the end I know you always had a good heart dad yeah so anyway <laughs> yeah uh, and so this sets us off onto they you know because of his dream we learn like the the police figure out who the the serial killer is and then the serial killer gets mad at him. Because I guess he exposed him. But also, does the serial killer, like, also Horace, does he know, does, see, this is confusing to me, but, like, it almost seems like the dreams, the visions that Jonathan has, that Horace is somehow also aware that Jonathan is in Yeah, because he starts seeing him in, in Horace's reality is reality as far as Jonathan's dreams. They're the same thing. So he okay. sees Jonathan appear like in his reality, which is reality. Gotcha. Okay. So if that's not nutty enough, then Horace gets caught and put in the electric chair. And Wait, no, his a... girlfriend dies before that, oh, right? Oh, fuck. Uh... Yes? Yeah, because then doesn't... I don't know. I don't even remember how he gets caught, but... So regardless, there's bl- so Horace is a black magic practicing Satanist, <laughs> yeah. which is great because this is coming off Satanic Panic of the yeah. 80s. Gets the electric chair, 
casts a spell beforehand, uses the electricity, I guess, to become super naturally right. powerful, he and then transfers his consciousness into other people he through does electricity. A spell on himself by getting electrocuted <laughs> before getting electrocuted to survive electrocution. Right. Okay. Um so then we're in more nutty land of him just transferring his consciousness from body to body and chasing down Jonathan. Yep. And Jonathan's got to figure out how to not get killed uh, and, and also really important too his girlfriend was killed and that sort of again his foster mom was just he was just kind of like whatever about her death but <laughs> now that his girlfriend has died he's like you know gotta gotta fight Horace Pinker and she sort of holds the key with her necklace of love yeah love f combats Horace's dark magic except it doesn't because right. it ends up being a MacGuffin too <laughs> they don't right. actually find it right oh yeah well it appears but who yeah. the fuck knows but um yeah but alice and the girlfriend keeps appearing in ghost form and can right. shoot like ghost powers and, and stuff. we have a fucking ghost fight ghost fight <laughs> um if you want to call it that. and then it it's... all culminates in uh an the nuttiest frenetic. of nutty yeah it's this was great this was the movie here this is the promise of the premise here where jonathan and horace are jumping in and out of different tv stations Ooh. in and out of like viewers rooms Ooh. and news stations through the screen back into the screen it's basically like the early saving uh, uh early force gump technology of like putting mm. them in all sorts of old like like yeah. vietnam footage and stuff just blue screening it up <laughs> yeah Oh, brilliant. Flying all around. And um, somehow by that, <laughs> Jonathan defeats Horace. Well, you know, he gets the remote control. Yeah. And then has the control, mm -hmm. which if you want to try and we'll maybe we'll try and figure out the logic behind <laughs> any of that. Great. All right. <laughs> I think we summarized it. <laughs> if that, uh, enough, if, if it, not well. Yeah. If that isn't, you know, a apropos summary of this fucking weird <laughs> yeah. ass movie, I don't know what it really, is. Really, our summary is more just to plug you into whatever our brains made of it versus any kind of apt summary otherwise. Really? God damn. All right. That's good. Let's do it. Our first section. How about that? Yeah. Let's. Uh, is there anything else? No, that's it. Let's All do right. it. What worked? What worked? What worked for you? What worked for you? It worked like a charm, Smith. <laughs> what worked? Probably my all, not my my favorite part about this film <laughs> that's it which i thought let's get right into it which i thought was just you know something that wasn't a moment but something throughout but i i guess i wanted to mention first because this was probably like i haven't seen this done or done better in any other film so it is like was totally unique to this film as far as i could tell but it was the mood and dream atmosphere of different parts, like whenever it was those first scenes, you remember, of like him arriving at the house, discovering the mother's murder. And like the way it looked was it was as if it was both day and night. Well, that's because it literally was both day and yeah. night. Yeah. Like outside it was daytime and inside they're shooting it as if it's night. <laughs> 
and have, you know, lit it that way. It's just, so whether or not that was an intentional effect to make it feel dreamy and weird. Oh, it had to be because like with the music and just the, yeah. if everything, it felt like I'd never seen that aspect of just how dreams feel done so accurately. That's or a just... good point. Yeah, I, I agree. That's cool. And we have moments like that too later at the lake where it's shot similar, similarly in this fog with kind of this blue green uh-huh. day or night haze over it I all. I like that look. Yeah. There's one shot in the la- of the like lake with the fog and everything that was just fucking beautiful. It's like a painting. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, so- whoa. <laughs> it's like really it it shocked me <laughs> to see in this movie. <laughs> so I thought that was what stood out as being the sole excellent thing about it. Sure. So, you know, that's a good point. I mean, obviously Wes Craven being known for the Nightmare on Elm Street stuff. And so Dreams is a big component, yeah. the component of those movies and like getting into getting the or, or building the ability to put the feeling of dreams and the weirdness of dreams into film is sort of uh, obviously a skill he has. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Um, Any, like, big, big things for you that did? Wow, this worked. That really, really worked? I mean, um... (laughs) God. In a weird way, kind of no. (laughs) Yeah. I just... I enjoyed the stupidity of the whole thing. The feel, I mean, the feel of it, 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 and and there's a lot of wide lens sort of like let's move through a space stuff. And I, I there's just sort of a nice nostalgic feel to that to me. Like when they go uh, to Horace's home base shop thing yeah whatever like you Henry call portrait that. of the serial killer like electronic shop yeah just the fucking nuttiness of that a that era you know that there is that that was a thing it was it was you like, know, like satanic he, electronic shop right that he works in this shop that's just a, a mess of shelves with electron it's like it's like 50 Radio Shacks just shit all over the place, you know, and it's just on shelves and it's it's metallic and wires. And, and I just there's something weirdly nostalgic for me about that aesthetic. It's so fucking 80s. And I'm, you know, like that's when I grew up in the 80s. So, like, there's something fun about it. Like a box of wires is just like cool. Yeah. I don't know why, because I don't know what to do with them. Yeah. But that feel and then being, you know, in these sort of, you know, corridors, like tight knit corridors with all that junk and then a wide lens, like moving around kind of handheld. And then like skinned I like it. animals around too. So <laughs> yeah. he kept getting reminded, oh, wait, there's that's also he's satanic guy. And yeah, and like lots of TV monitors, that yeah. thing. And I like there's a there's like a um, art installation every I think it's twice a year in L.A. called the Brewer brewery art walk which is a really fun thing you just wander through and there are there are installments that artists are doing there that are very much sort of a throwback to that like there's one i don't know his name unfortunately but there's one room that i went into that i was like it it is literally like going into horace's home base right it's just tv screens and fucking nut not so shit it's just of such an era the yeah. MTV era and kind then of I thing. Can see I love just, that. 
what maybe also you love and I appreciated too was like combine all of those aesthetics with then the 80s metal. Hell yeah. And then this like bald Joe Rogan bad guy who's just always like, <laughs> you know, screaming and grinning and yelling. Yeah. Like, he is so over the top. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Mitch Pele- Pelegi mm-hmm. or Pelegi? Maybe Pelegi. Um, you would like if you if you're trying to remember why you know him, it's from X Files. He's Skinner. He's like Malt Fox Mulder and and Dana Scully's boss. Oh, okay. And he sort of like that. That was his like quintessential yeah. role. Um, but yeah, he's a very different character in this. Yeah, and I, you know, for as fucking kitschy and like over the top and ridiculous as he is. It's so fun. It's satisfying, yeah. Because like, come again, like combine that with the soundtrack, and it's just like, yes, give it to me. Um, all that plus the um, combine that then with just like the eighties magic, like yeah. you know, quote unquote effects, where it's like whenever he's in energy electricity form, and like when Alice and the girlfriend shoots like love magic out of her oh! to like. Combat him. <laughs> the love beam. Yeah, the beam. Oh, it's so good. You know what? Actually, one moment that I hollered quite loudly out loud is <laughs> in the very beginning, before we know that we're in Jonathan's dream, he and Allison are walking down the town street, sort of, and it's kind of like nobody's really around. It's a little like abandoned feeling. And they're just strolling along, talking about his head and making jokes or whatever. And they stroll up to his parents' house and or right before that, like three or four kids run across the street behind him or them. And then like they get kind of wiped before they get off screen. Mm -hmm. They just they run in. I don't know how to describe this. They it's like they ran behind something, but there is no something to run behind. They, so they just sort of disappear. They, well, it's more like they dissipate where it's not like yeah. a hard wall they're disappearing behind. Yeah, they just sort of are like, whoop, they're yeah. gone. And I, it tickled me so much because <laughs> yeah. it was so unexpected. <laughs> and that effect is so, I think what the thing, the nostalgia of the movie for me is that all of these effects are so fucking like rudimentary in a way like remember falling into the uh the bed of water the waterbed and <laughs> yeah, it's just like you splash. can yeah you can see them like where they're cutting alongside the water <laughs> to like do the visual effect just yeah like, so egregiously yet wonderfully 80s yeah um so for me a lot of it is just that shit i will say the jaws uh, mechanism effect that they used f- to when when um Allison's ghost comes out of the pond, do you remember this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she like, f- you know, they used sort of a mechanical thing in Jaws to to pull the girl in the opening scene around. They use a very similar, I don't know, probably not the same exact thing, but the same effect where she's being pulled under the water toward Jonathan, mm-hmm. and it's very unnatural. It's like you can't do that. Um, I love the the feel of it though. That was a cool. Like it's moment. just a cool effect. Yeah. Um. So then, just other, other I think good 
<laughs> moments, scenes, effects, whatever. Maybe one that wasn't too specific to the promise of the premise of this, but uh, was when Horace, after he does the thing to himself, the electricity thing to himself. Oh, that was great in itself when it's like, remember he's electrocuting himself in his jail cell with a TV and like yeah. a mouth comes out, yeah. like a like electric god mouth or whatever. Yeah. That was great. But um, right after that moment, when he is like faking dead or whatever, and then the guy, the, uh, the guards giving him mouth to mouth <laughs> and he bites yes. his lip. And oh. it's just probably the best lip bite off I've seen. Oh, right? It's so good. It's <laughs> so good. It, it really it's very similar to some either. I can't remember if it's Evil Dead 2 or Army of Darkness, but there is a gag in one of those that's very similar. I don't remember where it is. I mean, in Army of Darkness, his jaw stretches. Maybe that's what I'm remembering. <laughs> Fucking love that No, but shit. this was more just like a could see it happening almost, but just maybe that little exaggerated enough to make you go, oh. Didn't we watch a movie where somebody's tongue gets pulled out? It sort of got that <laughs> yeah. vibe to it. I, I mean, at this shit. point, Tim, probably. Sure. <laughs> yeah. One of the Argento ones or Fulci yeah. ones, maybe. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, I love that. And then is uh, one of my other favorite effect moments was when apparently Horace can not only possess people, but can possess inanimate objects, too, because surprise, surprise, he is the easy chair that Jonathan sits in. <laughs> it, it remind me of like um, he's like Cherry yeah, from fucking Pee Wee's yeah, Playhouse. That's literally what I was just going to say. <laughs> remind me of like evil Cherry. But it was so good because his like eyes pop up where the oh, buttons like yes. are. And then like is and the, then he the, stands up out of it. Yeah, oh the my armrests God. grab him. And then you see him like transform back into him in the like. Uh, you, you know, the red, green, blue kind of close-up TV pattern yeah. just kind of um, uh, uh, ephemerizes back into yeah. his uh, looking like oh Horace God. being. It's so fucking just off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, another, my, my favorite off the wall moments. So we have this weird kind of like middle chunk that for some reason all takes place in this park. But like, <laughs> But it's sort of like the scene where Horace is just jumping from person to person. Yeah. Um, and when he gets into the little girl oh, and amazing. it's like the little girl driving the dump truck trying to run him over. Yeah. That was, as you just said, amazing. Yep. Yeah. I uh, We've forgotten to add the element that Horace has a limp. And so every time he gets into a new body, that's how we sort of distinguish that they've been occupied by him is that they suddenly have a limp and it is very comical to watch all these other actors like <laughs> do the limp i mean i just enjoy seeing them more do the, the little, like the little girl running with yeah. a limp it's just so what the fuck it's wackadoo i guess what stands out to me though is like the little girl playing an angry like buff bald man <laughs> yeah. like killer because you can see her face kind of she reminded me of in the, the first troll movie when she gets possessed <laughs> by the troll <laughs> sure but just like this mad yeah, face. i love too they're like she turns to jonathan at one point she's like i'm gonna get you you motherfucker yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh god but that's the thing it's like and and as you can probably tell from how like what we're how we're describing what worked it's so non-cohesive yeah <laughs> and that the movie is really non-cohesive right in a way and so it lends itself i guess to just 
you're just on a fucking ride. Yeah, because like you you just keep having to fall back on. Oh, okay, it's black magic. Great, that's, I guess that's yeah. okay. The, the, those are the the widespread rules here. Like I almost yeah. kept forgetting because of the the techno MTV aesthetic that it was like reading the Wikipedia. It said somewhere like he made the deal with a devil, and I'm like, what? When? When, when did that happen? <laughs> Maybe that was did the that big happen? mouth that, that yeah. came out of the. TV but, or whatever. But just, I love, like, I already mentioned that effect of, like, yeah, the mouth, like what you just said, coming out of the TV, but just the fact that that's combined with, like, he has set up, is it, like, candles? Or, I mean, he has the whole, like, that's right. black magic ritual aspect going along, too. So just to they see really, those side by side was fun. They really kind of blow past it as if it's a foregone conclusion, too, where it's, like, I think in an older 80s movie, they would, like, hone in on on the, like, ooh, it's Satanism and black magic and there's pentagrams and maybe, like, a, you know, goat head somewhere. In this, they're just like, yeah, 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 he's practiced it. It's all good. And then we see it later for, like, 10 seconds and we're like, just assume that we know what the fuck is yeah. going on. Okay. <laughs> and it also just seemed so... Now that's of what didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah. So, you know... I think that there's something, the kitschiness of it and the self-awareness of it, I, I'm assuming that it's self-aware. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, he definitely, Wes Craven viewed it as more of a comedy for aspects of it. Yeah. Like just in comparison to the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yeah. But even the original Nightmare on Elm Street has f- like fun to it. Yeah. But as far as like this one, yeah. intentionally just having more of that. Yeah. Yeah, and that – I want to talk about that, but I don't feel like I know what section it would belong in. That Well, we have a section for just that, Tim. Okay, great. Things so of note. So remind me. <laughs> remind me to bring this up. Um, Like we already kind of mentioned the – let's know. I guess well, we already did mention that. The overt craziness of the bad guy. I just had that down as You fun. know what I love? I love the just the fucking overt – I'm going to do whatever the fuck that Jonathan and his buddies have. They're just, they're like, fuck the cops. Fuck. Like, (laughs) dude, at one point when they go, Jonathan. So I like that. I love the premise that once Jonathan can have these visions, he's like, I got a plan. I'm going to go to sleep. It's such a ripoff of fucking Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. But he's like, I'm going to go to sleep and I'm going to you're, you're going to, you know, his buddy is going to sit there next to him in the car and wake him up when the time comes when he needs to get out of the dream. But then so they do that to figure out where the next killing is going to be. So he's got this. What do you even call that? Uh, it's it's presence, prescience, premonition, premonition. Yeah. yeah, it's premonition. So he can go to sleep now. His superpower that he's gained <clears throat> is he can go to sleep and he can see Horace's next murder. Why and, like, what caused him to have this connection specifically to Horace? We, I'm not sure we can figure it out. That, my best guess as of this point, which I only realized at the beginning of the episode, was the concussion. But why does the concussion connect him to Horace specifically? Right. So I think that's something that we can explore in things that did not work. <laughs> but... My point is the idea that he's like, I'm going to handle it and I'm going to take I'm gonna, his dad is a fucking is the lead detective. Well, that was on so, this case. That was so funny. Every time, like he's actually making progress and doing things, Jonathan. But then like so then the dad's just trailing him and then he gets mad at Jonathan. Oh, my God. Like, I know what. But 
when they get there and the cops stop Jonathan and his friend from going in and they hear the scream, Jonathan <laughs> barrels in. His friend clotheslines a cop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And they go fucking running in there. And then Horace has got a knife to the lady. And Jonathan, no shit, jumps over like six cops to go after Horace. And then gets up on a roof together. Jumps over jumps the roof. Jumps across from building to building, which is, this is a cartoon. Yeah. It is literally a fucking Looney Tunes cartoon where like the ladder is across the fucking and two buildings. Does, Horace goes across, drops ladder. It's just like. And then when they fight, he does like a double jump kick. Oh my god! Like, that might be horses. the great, my favorite po- moment of the entire movie. He double foot drop kicks horse in the back, and let me tell you, I think that hurt the actor. It looked fucking insane. Can you imagine getting fucking double foot jump kicked, drop kicked in the middle of your back? Holy shit! Well, that was so funny. I would say this is. There's a lot of like what worked and what didn't work are the same things in this for me, <laughs> yes. you, because like, like that. What was I gonna say? Like, like, like that jump kick. Like, it's fun. I don't know. It's so stupid. But yeah. that's the thing. That is the movie, right? And so, and let's. I mean, it really just sort of. They they hammer well, it home once like they start jumping through the fucking TV. Specifically, just how much it, of, like, the action in the movie predicates itself on just, like, a literal fracas. Just, like, yeah. two dudes just punching each other. Whether that's <laughs> Jonathan or the bad guy or Jonathan and his dad and everyone else. Yeah. It's just, like... So we have this movie that set up these things that we eventually get to in the ending. Right. But like in the meantime, no, even though they, they, I don't know. So yeah, again, works and doesn't work, but just there is something, I guess, as far as what does work about that for me is it's just kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think, you know, pretty, pretty quickly off the bat of the movie, once we realize that there's this sort of, not so supernatural like all bets are off kind of element to it that you just get on board or you don't and then finally what we're on board for is that ending we mentioned in the summary holy shit where then they are like jumping in and out of tvs into different (laughs) realities and you're like finally this is the movie this is what we were promised all along that was great i swear to god this is just an episode of bugs bunny like I feel like I've seen this episode of Bugs Bunny when they like they they no, Bugs Bunny never gets this weird, does it? Yes. <laughs> like when he has episodes with like the Martian, mhm. There's weird crazy shit I mean, like there's that one where it's like it breaks the fourth wall with the hand erasing and drawing him. <laughs> That's yeah. the closest I can get yeah. to thinking what this is. But it just it it has it at at least the feel of just not so like jumping through worlds and like you know fourth wall breaking kind of stuff that feels like a cartoon. Maybe it's not Bugs Bunny specifically, but like it is just cartoonish. And so I think that you know, what Wes Craven was kind of maybe going for was just commentary on the culture around TV and and, and how we've, you know, you ca- how you get sucked into it and the commentary of that, even, even outside of 
of having an opinion on it that there are people who are obsessed with talking about TV is going to melt your brain kind of stuff. And like to varying degrees, it's true, you know, and media is crazy. And we still see that now. Like I actually have a, a, a premise of a movie that sort of is commentary on, you know, the, the fact that right. we're surrounded by screens all the time. So I think there's something to give that. It that it's, that it's in there, I'd argue how much it's, it's actually baked or not. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But but no, I'll agree. Like that idea buried in there is neat. Just kind of at the end when we're seeing like the people watching TV. But then yeah. to take that a step further, like what really like an, an underlying idea. I will not say the underlying idea because <laughs> sure. I, again, I think these were not um, fleshed out. Yeah. But um, actually it was pretty ahead of its time as far as like these these ideas philosophies of like um what's real and what isn't as far as like our different dimensions at mm -hmm. play mm -hmm. and electricity being a gateway between them but think of it as um this was very like what twin peaks the return is all about which i think again is like oh. the best thing made in wow. a long long time and almost it. kind of um uh what, what's it called um not eliminates, but um, cancels out, uh, nullifies media in a lot of ways for mm, me. Okay. Because the level of like things that gets into is like, is it crosses, it, it blends the line between our reality and what we're watching and then the things that they are watching in what we're watching. Mm. Like all that becomes a hodgepodge. So you think of like how, like remember there's, is it the Entertainment Tonight host or someone <laughs> like that is actually yes. in this movie. So we have a real life host right. who's in this film playing himself and then we have the characters go in and interact with him yeah. because they're jumping through different realities. <laughs> so just that whole like, I don't know, that, that undercurrent there of just kind of like our <laughs> our imaginations and our thoughts like because even that's what our reality ex is existing on in some level like everything at the baseline is the same uh is the same thing so the idea that we can like um transfuse hmm. those different dimensions and realities is really interesting to me yeah it's a cool you could, I mean, smoke a J and fucking think about that shit. <laughs> I'm happy to. <laughs> I mean, I can just imagine the conversation, like how fucking, like what a glorious baked conversation that would be. You don't have to be baked. I, I know. I'm you... just saying it would be that much more exciting. I know you have to put it under that guise to like think it's okay to talk about <laughs> no, far I don't, out things. I, I think you don't have to, but I'm just saying it would be fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, watch Twin Peaks The Return and oh my get God. back to me. But for now, we can talk about it to the extent that this film provides. <laughs> I think it's a I just think it's a fun premise to break down the realities and like get kind of, you know, meta about yeah, it. Yeah, I just all think I'm it's to say. fun. Yeah. And they clearly were like we're just going to go for it mm -hmm. and have fun with it. So I'd say we're going to have fun. I don't know about go for it, but as far as have fun <laughs> with it, yes. Sure. <laughs> um all in all other than that, you know, yeah, I, I don't really have anything that's that's n not just sort of like, oh, I like this or that was fun. Yeah, black magic stuff was cool. Yeah, the the big scene where he gets electrocuted. 
that just kind of went on and on. <laughs> that was kind of fun, Dude. I guess. Yeah. Uh, the the kills or the gore were okay. Yeah. Um, I like when the <laughs> I like when the first cop gets. He has a, like a secret door, which I love. Okay. Secret doors are great, <laughs> and and you know they. He, the cop gets pulled through the secret door and then the door closes and they are looking for the cop and they're standing there and then blood starts to come out from underneath. Mm-hmm. I, you know, little things like that are just fun. Yeah. It feels, you know, on the verge of being, a, you know, fun horror. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, mm, I don't have anything else. Great. Then let's do our next section. Cool. What did not work? It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What did not work? <laughs> Can we just get right to the point of what the fuck is the conceit of the ending? Like, <laughs> like I'm on board. I'm on board, actually, with jumping through TVs and shit. Like, fucking great. You're talking about the remote control. I'm talking about that whole sequence and the plan. Like, the plan... Help me figure out the plan. The plan is send your your football buddies to the power grid and shut the power grid down at a certain point moment when you have him yes when he has horace in a room that he has a remote control for (laughs) wait whoa (laughs) the remote control first of all where the fuck did the remote control come from was it in his room so so the whole plan like like help let's figure this out he has a news crew show up so there's a camera there so he can film horace existing Mm -hmm. i got that part but but then no it's it's because he knows a camera is how to get him into the world by having horace on a tv station that he has access to he is able (sighs) oh to then control the circumstances in this case literally with a remote control this implies that jonathan knew that he was going to be able to jump through TVs. Yeah. That's fucking bold. Well, do you, don't you remember how he got this plan? I was going to save that for no. our next section. How? I'll just save that for later. I'll tell oh you. Oh, my what. God. <laughs> All I'm saying is, okay, I'm on. <laughs> let's. I'll, I'll even get on board with that, that that's the plan. And they get there and they're there. But then there's the thing of. His watch was like three minutes behind or something. I just don't get oh, it. Oh, yeah, I don't I know. I don't fucking get it. And then he jumps into the fucking lens of the camera. <laughs> yeah. How the... What? Where are... Is this... Is, what is happening? So, yeah, I is have Jonathan like... now have superpowers? Are we still in a dream? What the fuck right. is How real? is he doing How it? is he now able to jump into a fucking lens? Like, he's just like, I'm going. I'm so just, in. Yeah, these are the questions, I... including that one that arose for me, Tim. So, it's like, so, this, his dream reality ability stuff. It's a, again, like we said in the last section, Clydean theory. But why does he have that ability? So, I... Now... 
there's the thing, the story element of that Horace may be Jonathan's natural father. Oh, really? Yeah. Where did that happen? It comes in a couple times. I think it's right before... Um, it's right when Horace is about to be electrocuted to death and he says, do you have any last words? He, I think it's there where he says like, Jonathan, you may or may not have been my son and you may or may not have shot me in the knee. Like when I, like when I was beating up your mother. Got it. And then Jonathan like looks at his stepdad and he's like, dad. And he's like, don't listen to him. So, so okay. even in this moment, it, the lieutenant so is still, pissed off. So s- somehow in this movie that see, that's again, these half baked ideas like, OK, I can get like if it had been pushed more, that could have worked as far as this idea of like him in his dreams as as far as that differentiation or similarity of like your dreams also being a reality could connect to like media television also being a reality they're all kind of imagined and what's imagined what's real it's all like maybe in some sort of same pot when you can Mm -hmm. put it on this level but so then just these other questions like so he can porous can possess people and objects at a certain point it's like that was like okay he can fucking he's electricity right like well okay. okay so he can shoot electricity but he has to fist fight him at the same time. <laughs> like. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why doesn't he just fucking Palpatine his ass? Yeah. Just fucking de- just shoot electricity into his eyeballs and be done he with it. He did that a couple times. Fuck a duck. But then all the other times they just had to fisticuffs. Okay. <laughs> he can shoot through the air as like a beam of energy electricity yet oh my god that was out fucking rageous right but suddenly he just becomes a beam so then but yet he also relies on traveling through outlets why would outlets even (laughs) okay it's a fucking mess so that like the the remote the rules are are in the biggest quotations right. you could ever be in. And try to say what that all encapsulates <laughs> by these questions. You, The remote control has a button and... Uh, sorry, the remote control has a pause button, so he pauses him. Which I, I will note is called freeze frame. Freeze frame. Lovely. And... It also has buttons to make him jump up and down on the bed. <laughs> that moment, it just all fucking bets are off. Yeah. When he starts just swinging the thing around like it's a magic wand. <laughs> like it's a leash. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? And why? Like, what is it? What is it? What purpose is it serving for us, the audience? Like, it doesn't feel cathartic. It yeah. doesn't feel to me like, oh, yes, Jonathan's got the power. <laughs> It may, I'm just sort of like, I hate to say this in a weird way because it seems kind of um, cliche at this point maybe, but this whole movie just seems like an exercise in like a, a young white kid being like, uh, my life, meh, and I'm going to take control and be the fucking hero. This weird, there's a weird hero I never felt bad for thing. him at anything. He's it, just that's kind what of I'm, a, a that's dope what I'm saying. who crashes up against a wall. There's and nothing then... about him that makes me feel bad about him, but he spends the movie kind of like, like the movie spends the whole movie trying to sort of be like, yeah, but he's got to overcome this. I'm like, overcome what? I meant to look up kind of like, yeah, I mean, just how not even in the casting did it help me 
relate to him. Like Ooh. I was trying to think like, what was the, was it a different casting director? I wonder between like this and mm. even like Nightmare on Elm Street and people under the stairs, just like these things with a more kind of memorable fun brings sure. you into it. Casting this guy, like feels so bad when we always pick on actors because they're people, but he felt like the poor man's Ethan Hawke to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and you know, I, I actually kind of, I like Peter Berg. And in particular, I like movies that he has directed. Mm. He became a, a pretty good oh, director. Yeah, he made Battleship. <laughs> well, ooh, woof. Um, hmm, shit, maybe I should take that back. He's definitely <laughs> directed things that I've enjoyed, and I think the I think he did. Um, ah, fuck, The Kingdom, which I really, really okay. enjoyed. So he, you know, he did Hancock, which I think is fun and funny and weird. Oh, yeah. Um, Friday Night Lights is fun. The Rundown is fun. Lone Survivor is okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's he's also done a bunch of sort of patriotic sort of undertone yeah. things that I'm like, mm, yeah, that's just but seems just, weird. But everyone else in it just felt so like, underutilized and at the same time or just not well cast or just the character is not i don't know offering anything they were just kind of there and as well as being one note like we already mentioned Whoa. the dad is just like that was oh. so frustrating to him like it was so frustrating with the dad whenever you have a character whose whole thing is just that they're mad all the time the, it reduces ugh. it reduces the conflict to just who is yelling the loudest yeah and that's all it became was just between him and his dad they were just literally just who was yelling at each other the most each time it was so boring so to give just a, a, a counterpoint of how you do the discouraged father-son relationship there's two movies that are famously you know the star is the same actor that you can go to 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 reference how to do good complex conflict between father and son both of them are james dean movies rebel without a cause and um and uh east of eden just to put those in the same breath with this film i know too. i know like... but what my point is if you want to do if you want to make a movie with a father and son conflict go watch how it's done well. Well, first. even like in like this is so fucking one dimensional and nonsense. In original Nightmare of Elm Street, like her relationship with her parents in that one, like yeah, the mother was kind of just an alcoholic, but how it was, <laughs> but at least she's got that going right, for but her. How, how it was doled out <laughs> was kind of like brought you in and and just how the character portrayed it. Like she has the turn moment where she reveals her history about how they killed Freddy mm -hmm. Krueger and how yeah. that's affected them, and then you get why she's an alcoholic. Like yeah, like. Why is Jonathan's stepdad a dick? I guess because... We don't ever get a reason. We have to come up with a reason. <laughs> yeah. Right? But not only Does just... it have anything to do with John, like how Jonathan and him, but you here's know, the how thing, he but, got Jonathan as a stepson? But it's not just frustrating because he is a dick. What's so frustrating is how he's like, a, you know, turned up to 11 dick, like just in these, in this like completely over the top way. But yet the yeah. film is still treating it as if we're supposed to buy into that as a reality. It's not like over the top in a fun right. comedic way or like intentional way. But give us a moment to get a reason for it. Mm -hmm. If you if you build that in, then you have somewhere to go to sort of reflect off of the point in the movie when 
when the stepdad gets taken over by Horace and Jonathan's like, dad, you can fight it. Yeah. Right. Give us a reason that that like like some context. I mean, I, I agree, but I'm saying just even then with how it's portrayed, <laughs> it wouldn't have it wouldn't have it, you can't justify it because of how over the top and ridiculous it was. Yeah. <laughs> it's just there's zero nuance. That's yeah. the fucking problem. Yeah, yeah, There's exactly. zero nuance and there's zero fucking like context for why he's turned up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the the youth of 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 the con- like youth of this day is a problem. Honestly, like, it may he's be... in college too. It's like, dude, calm With down. That kind of just devoid of any reality. It made me think like this should have been directed by like the guy who made society. You know, who, <laughs> yeah, who only views things as being a cartoon, right? Like then that portrayal could have kind of worked. This was just insane to me. Um, the <sighs> God. It's so talking about, you know, like once it finally gets to the end, it's like in any moment, like here, you know, either promise of the premise is the phrase I'll use or my version of it. I've said pursuing potent possibilities. (laughs) And like when the film isn't doing that, it's just so egregious, you know, either with it's like, why are they just literally like punching each other all this time when he should be electrocuting him? (laughs) But like also... Like no one, no one, like when you saw this trailer, Tim, which just like showed these cool images of like a dude going in and out of the TV and shooting electricity. Did that make you go like, whoa, wouldn't it be cool in this movie to have a fight scene in a park and a plot point of needing to get a necklace out of a lake? <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, it really speaks to the, you know, the themes of the movie. Have it in like some, you know, mega electronics store or something. Go or like to, a, they go to a power grid. Yeah, or how about uh, if the point is to have a lot of people around, have it in a mall, something that has more to do kind of with that plugging in consumerism idea. Sure. Like, why are they in a park? Why are they in a park, Tim? Because <laughs> that set was cheap. <laughs> <laughs> what and, and the whole necklace in the lake thing? It's like, it, see that works in Evil Dead because it, they keep that's it right. as simple as it should be. Of just like, great, it's, power of love. He he's gonna right. remember her. It's just this, representative. Yeah, that's it. This they like build it up like it's a literal thing, and then it doesn't even like come back, and you're just, yeah. It's so sigh worthy. Yeah. <laughs> also, so the bad guy, Horace, his name's Horace, first of all, but <laughs> all. Mm, yeah, I have the the casting and like making him super, super tan and like calling him Horace, which I guess just because of Horace Grant, who's a, a, a black basketball player, <laughs> I I, it makes me feel like they wanted him to be a black guy and somebody was like, mm, maybe you shouldn't make the serial killer a black guy. I don't know. There's something about it. I always, whenever I saw the the cover of this or the poster for this, I always thought that he was a black guy. Again, he just looks like a Joe Rogan type dude. <laughs> yeah. But so I don't know if there's something to that or if I'm, I'm pulling that out. But... Well, how about... <laughs> Casting aside, I mean, if they would have found someone comparable to him, that's just sort of like a brute type is what mm-hmm. he is. Like, like he's he's not, they, they try to portray him and it's, this just does not work in movies even as far back as 89. But like, you can't have someone who's just a weird dude, like a, even a killer, like as a monster. They're like, like Freddy Krueger works, even though he was a real person, mm-hmm. you have... 
what he did was so horrendous. Plus, but that's just not it. You know, he would still just be a person then. But then by being someone who sort of enters into the dream world, he takes on, that's when he becomes a monster, mm-hmm. you know, and the, we don't know the rules that apply to him. But it's only till the way end of this movie that Horace actually becomes, and it's like using those rules of him being more than that, like Charles Relay, Lee Ray and Ta- Child's Play or something. Mm-hmm. But even once he does get to, like, I have superpowers, he's still, like, him. He's still, like, a person. He's kind of like, oh, whoa, I just discovered this power. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he's like a person just doing all these things. And it makes it so awkward when it's trying to build him up as, like, oh, wow, this, like, is is he supposed to be fun because he is just, like, a, a sort of gnarly dude but at the same time it's like trying to treat him like he is a monster i don't know it was so weird like he's not an he's not just this like new memorable slasher villain at all like no and also we we glaze over so much about who and what he is did you buy that that character would be into black magic like why the heck is this dude like that's i mean that's why I think that they, they, the, maybe the script was like, it's a black dude and mm. you know what I mean? Like, it feels to me like they were trying to dodge a little bit of like, this might come across not so great. But even in like Hellraiser and child's play you have the caucasian people who are doing black magic who we buy into that these people would do it horace was just like a klutz kind of like <clears throat> oafish like just one note i can only he's like the the equivalent of the dad character yeah kind of yeah you I, I didn't buy that this person if you want to call him that would ever stop to read a book <laughs> no no he's, he's too busy just yelling and killing but also people. like what is like what's his thing like, like, what is the conceit of his character before we get to the electricity stuff? Like, why? Yeah, he's a serial killer. Is that, that he, kills specifically kills families? Is he? Yeah. So, what kind of psychopathic motivation? Where's is that? he coming from? He seems like he's mad. He's not like a sort of. He does seem real mad. Yeah. He, What's he so mad about? Right. It, <laughs> it's it's not like he's doing it out of pleasure. He's doing it out of this like. He's, oh, it's as if ever, he's trying to get revenge. It's not just like he's doing it because he's sadistic, you know? what, right? Like, what is his angle? What's his MO? What the fuck, dude? <laughs> he loves electronics. Yeah. And he hates families. Yeah. What's the fucking connection? <laughs> I liked, um, <clears throat> I liked, uh, this, uh, this review of it. Michael Wilmington of the Los Angeles Times stated that the film is crammed with dazzling bursts of macabre technique, but is so diffusely organized, it's almost three separate movies. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, I felt watching it. Oh, man. Also, what's up with his fucking outfit? Whose outfit? The Shockers. The Shocker. I'm going to call him the Shocker. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to shock you. So his orange jumpsuit has a checkered stripe across the chest. Is this really what was distracting you? It does. It bothers me. (gasps) I don't get it. That's That's not a prison jumpsuit. 
What the fuck's going on? I, I'm not going to claim to know what it should look like. That's like a fucking, that's like a jumpsuit you wear on the track, like on the <laughs> fucking drag strip. <laughs> All right. If that's your like, really. I think it's just, it's just indicative of like, whatever. Let's just throw it in. My, uh, a little, my weird little thing that was maybe specific to me that rubbed me the wrong way was when they jump into that house of like that gross <laughs> family with like that flower wallpaper and like food all around yeah, and like the weird paintings on the wall. It felt just like it was, it just, it just felt gross. I it felt like, feel gross. I felt like, you know, how garbage pale kids just yeah. leaves a gross taste in my mouth. I, I wondered a little bit about that family in that moment. It felt it, like it was supposed to be commentary or critique, but it just also at the same time felt like this was just your regular family. Well, that's my know. question. There's a part of me that was like, wait, is this family, are we in a TV show? Like, is this a sitcom family? It was towing that, that line in into? a way that was really Because they were so comical yeah. that I was like, I almost felt like we were supposed to almost believe that they had fallen, they had come into an episode of Roseanne. Yeah. And I'm like, but is, are we supposed to think that this is a TV show Roseanne's that they Roseanne's house into? was not that ugly. No, I agree. But it's sort of like the, the heightened version yeah, yeah. of that. Or is this supposed to be a real family in the U.S. at the time? I think it was supposed to be that latter one, like a and real that family. Is, I mean, that is pretty fucking harsh commentary. Yeah. To be like, this is your average family watching TV right now. Complete slobs and just cartoons. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh. Like the curlers It in felt hair. gross. Like, you, like it just actually felt kind of like, ooh. Yeah. I don't like how this feels. It's kind of just feel like I'm – it's like when somebody starts going too far and making fun of somebody. You're like, you're not – it's not actually funny. You're yeah. just being an asshole now. I don't know. Something in there. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't feel great. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about... Um, Whatever you want. I want to talk about the diving mask. <laughs> Again, like <laughs> to have this... Oh, this, this, okay. This film with this premise. Great. I want to see someone's be foiled because their diving mask broke. Like what? The only diving mask in town <laughs> got smashed. And therefore, he can't go into the pond and find the necklace. Because, again, that's the kind of scene I want to see in this movie, is someone having to dive into a lake. What are we doing? <laughs> also, electricity and water don't mix, right? Uh -huh. They At no point do they Maybe use that, that could have as been a, a way, goal. Yeah, that could have been a way to actually tie it together. Fuck. We established, okay, big body of water is somehow like a, a weakness of his, blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't know. Or he can't... Fuck the diving mask. He can't get into the pond because the shocker is just electrocuting the water in the pond. And he can't dive into it. Yeah. There you go. You can't get in there. <laughs> Done deal. Right. How is he going to get that one? Fuck. I mean, also, as much as I love the ghost fight, what is going on? <laughs> well, again, that's, I think it was cool to have these ideas embedded of like things you know we're, we're all all our dimensions cross over in some in some reality <laughs> or plane so to have like the 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 death dimension also cross over into the like electricity dimension sure. which is what horace's character is essentially sure, yeah it's kind of neat but like how it plays out you are just going Wait, what yeah it's yeah 
I mean, it's just suffering so much of the sort of like hodgepodginess. You know, it's the ideas are just first draft. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, whatever. And another there's re- a lot of just don't worry about it. It felt like this was a, another review. Someone described it as felt like like Wes Craven was pretty sure on assignment is like make another hit make another franchise and that it just felt like a, a facsimile of himself, like a weird kind of <laughs> what happens if someone tries to repeat their own success and just, you can't do that by taking elements of just the thing you've already done. Like you just, what else you gotta be, you know, original I mean, there. Think about this for a second. This is the same dude who wrote and directed last house on the left. Hills have eyes <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street, Serpent in the Rainbow. I mean, other stuff too. But yeah. those, like, think about that. You know, well, swamp he didn't, Thing. Yeah, I know, Swamp Thing. <laughs> Our he other Wes Craven he, movie yeah, we've he done. He didn't write Serpent in the Rainbow, but still, you know, like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. I, like I said in the summary, by the time it got to the, this what I thought was kind of a big finish with the, the dad at the TV tower, <laughs> I was only thinking, oh, great, it's finally ending. And then when it just kept going, even though that's when it got to the best stuff, finally, I don't know, just to, to kind of wrap it up again with just why even even with all this stuff that's bad where it could have been in kind of like, you know, we made the most of it way, like just still in the end, it was just a slog. So I think, I mean, I think at the end of the day, yes, it is a slog. I think it's. I think we might be coming in from the wrong perspective. I do. It's as far as if you looked at this movie as a satire, completely as a satire and a sort of maybe even a a, a kind of a middle finger to to what you just said. Like he 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 was you know tasked with making another hit. If he's sort of rejecting that and being like. You know what? Fuck you. I'm just going to I'm going to make a fucking nutso movie in defiance of that idea. I could actually kind of get behind a lot of this movie, but it never gets there. He that intention doesn't come through. Right. So like but I if that were his intention and if you looked at I mean this is a lot of work to do just to fucking try and enjoy a not so great movie. But like right. for example, when they're on the radio tower there is a sign. I mean, this is slapstick shit. There's a sign that says "Keep off the dish," <laughs> and then they fall onto the dish, and it's just sort of like, it's not a good execution of slapstick, yeah. but it's almost like they're very self-aware and trying to make a joke. It sounds like you're saying failing. This should have been. This should have could have been um, scary movie. The, the Gremlins two to Gremlins. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Like, it is meta. Make it, fu- like, really go for it. Yeah. But I'm wondering yeah, if, they, like, they, they weren't allowed to. Like, Freddy Krueger, you know, some element yeah. play into it then wink at us that way. Right, right. And so when you when you toe the line between that self-referential and... Wait, and, was there a Freddy Krueger? I think there was actually a reference. Um, but still, wasn't strong enough. No, it wasn't, because <laughs> I can't remember it. If you can... they They ended up in the middle, and that's... Never a good place yeah. to be. They ended up between, you know, legitimately well, tra- like it, trying to take themselves seriously right, it and was trying as to if be slapstick. He was trying to, they, he, whatever, right. were still trying to like 
con- still convinced enough the students we're still trying to do like whatever the studio was literally requesting or assuming mm-hmm. maybe they were gonna get but i mean if they're giving you carte blanche just like do it <laughs> it does also feel when you sort of look at when this was being made and what else he was doing he had a fucking ton of shit going on like in a matter of one two three four five six years he put out seven movies yeah so wait one two three four five six yeah the, yeah so in five years he I put mean, out seven movies. i think you're as far as Fuck. it it really seems like the kind of film that maybe he would have and wanted to spend more time on it like I won't hold yeah. it against him. It's hard to hold it against him as being like <laughs> he he didn't want to work on it more. It really seems like the kind of case of sort of what I've gleaned of the studio influence is like, doesn't matter. We need it done by this date. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like that. It mm-hmm. feels like they were sort of given a deadline and been like, just get to it and get it done. Yep. <laughs> All right. How about next section? <laughs> yeah. Last section. I got some. Uh, okay. Anything else? I feel like we've. Just Peter Berg. What are you doing? <laughs> well, yeah, let's do some things of note. <laughs> All right, things of note. Things of note! <laughs> this should be interesting. I have a thing of note. If you are an actor... And you are suffering at all, because I think actors largely do suffer from this on some level or another. If you're suffering from the idea of like comparison, like failure by comparison, and you're thinking like, I'm not good looking enough or I'm not talent or like, no, I'm talented enough, but I'm not good looking enough or I'm not tall enough or I'm not that I don't fit into this or that or the other thing. Just remind yourself, Peter Berg had a career (laughs) right like he shouldn't for all intents and purposes if you if you fall into the idea of you know you have to fit these parameters in order to have a career like you have to be good looking and you have to like whatever the fucking checklist of things that you think that you need in order to be successful as an actor peter berg defies a lot of that (laughs) and i'm not saying he's not talented i think i actually think he's a pretty talented actor okay but he's got things that that defy that idea like he has like 13 or 14 marbles in his mouth at all times (laughs) oh right right like he has a very odd jaw and like almost borderline speech impediment and that dude has a fucking career like I think Those though it was a product make him yeah unique but right I think as a product of the time as far as him having a certain look like yeah. you could see 80s casting people like going like oh yeah he's someone who played football I doubt it like but <laughs> no, you know just as far athlete. as how how whatever that perception is of someone like, yes just his sort of all American but weird and also having said that, I don't know the the details of his career or connections to the industry. Like it could just be <laughs> he could be a large product of nepotism. I don't know. That's a thing that exists. Mm-hmm. If you have connections, fucking take advantage of them. But like one way or the other, I think it's noteworthy to remember as in any field, you you can be successful. Yep. Don't let 
these these little ideas of inadequacy stop you from doing that because Peter Berg had a career. Good. That's my uh, uh, inspirational. That's right. <laughs> kind of <laughs> half. I don't know. What the, I don't know what this says about Peter Berg, but <laughs> it um, says he. You know, he went for it and and you know over overcame what other people right. may have said you couldn't do. So a few of my my more factoid ones. Um, Heather Lathenkamp was in it. Um, really? She apparently was the first victim in the film. I don't remember who that was, if that was... The mom? The mom, but yeah, she says she portrays Hor- Horace Pinker's first victim. Wes Craven had a cameo as Man Neighbor. Um, daughter <laughs> right. of Wes Craven, Jessica Craven, was a counterperson, and Jonathan Craven was the jogger. Uh, you know, I worked for Jonathan Craven. So did you recognize him as the I jogger? I did not. <laughs> um... Oh, wait, the jogger who gets shot in the back? I assume so. Yeah. Oh, like, shit. He could have been the jogger. That seems about right. Okay, so now these are... By the way, he's he was he's a very nice dude. Yeah, the Cravens are. Yep. I've heard. Um, so these, are, this, these could sound like it's more what didn't work, but really, since we had fun with all these things, <laughs> um, no, this is just kind of a fun exercise. Let's just, like, in what our brains did. To, I'm going to quiz you, Tim. Okay. Your take of the film. Here we go. All right. So, well, we already said this one. The first question was, when did he make a deal with the devil? Just simply said he did not. So <laughs> this one is maybe more a commentary or a statement, but how is Ted Raimi a character? <laughs> What was his how, character? How is... Oh, okay. What kind of character did he uh, come across to you? Ted Raimi is, I think, the coach's assistant Okay, on the football team. So he's sort of borderline like... He does do some uh, first aid at one point. Yeah. So maybe he's, he's sort of the... What do you call that? The trainer? Yeah. Sort of assistant guy. That's enough. I but was. But he's also a friend. Yeah, that's what was so funny. It was like none he just of just kept popping up. None of his. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> no one really popped up as maybe this is more of a uh, what didn't work. But no. Ted Raimi, like no, none of the characters were introduced as like, oh, this is this character. Right. It was just like, oh, there's there's Ted Raimi again. That's an interesting thing. We've noticed this in a few of the movies that are that we've kind of said are not great. Is that there's not. Even with sub characters, you gotta just give us a little bit, just a little bit to chew on to be like, yeah, I know who that guy is. Yeah. And there is nothing. Okay. So now here's more of my questions (laughs) I had for you. So, and this is also, we'll answer you when you're like, how did he know he could jump through the TV? (laughs) Yeah. It's because Allison whispered the whole plan to him. Oh my God, I remember that moment. So now my question for you, knowing what his plan was and how elaborate it was and how quickly Allison seemed to whisper to him, what do you think, Tim, Allison whispered? (laughs) Uh, Am I supposed to believe that she whispered it in the time that we saw or there was like maybe a half hour's worth of whispering that she was explaining this to him. I'd have to reference the film to know exactly how the moment played out, but I uh, felt I think like we it was cut away. quick. Okay, they cut away. So she whispered, Jonathan, just remember, if you get a hold of the, micro- or of the remote control and then you jump through the TV screen and then you jump into a room and you get the channel six to show up and film him and then you jump through the lens of the channel six camera and you turn off the power at the power grid 
all at 12 o'clock, you'll get him. <laughs> Precisely. Also, I love you. You'll get him. <laughs> also, you're the most wonderful man I've ever met. I'll do it for you, Allison. I love you, Jonathan Parker. So, and then one of your other favorite moments, the disappearing <laughs> kids at the beginning. <laughs> yes. Why were there disappearing kids at the beginning? Oh, boy. Why were there disappearing kids? Okay, we're in a dream. We know that. It's, he's being led to... The, the lines are blurred, but she says, yeah, essentially, I think so, because he she puts it as he was in a concussion or knocked out mm -hmm. since he ran against the pole. Even the moments after that, they seem totally normal of him, like, getting up and the exchange he has with her seems like they actually happen. That's the confusing thing. Oh, man. I think it's a dream. No, it's it, 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 I, I'm going to go with it's a dream. So why do the kids run behind him and then disappear? Especially when he doesn't even see them. Right. Holy shit. Uh, I don't know. I don't have an answer because they're also dreaming because like he he disappears within that dream, right? Because he tries to jump at Horace and then like disappears and wakes up. Maybe they're kids who also are dreaming. Oh man, this is a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? Me, the way you're talking about it, I think maybe it's like, hor like kind of how Horace is in reality and he appears in like jumps into his physical reality space. Maybe those kids are actually there on the street and in his dream, since he's dreaming, he's on that street. He's like, th that's their reality. Oh, blending. I like that idea. Right. Because what his premonition is, is reality. Yeah. So he's seen, he's, he's existing in his dream so is like, reality. To those girls, yeah. they could have seen him going around or the kids and I imagine the moment that they disappeared to us, he was disappearing to them. Possibly. All right. Now here's the big question, Tim. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. Why does he limp in other people's bodies? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, why? Why does he still okay. have his limp? Because... <laughs> <laughs> because in order for us to know that those characters are possessed by him, he needed to limp. <laughs> you mean... It, it's, the, service, you, it's service to the audience. It's mean, not logic. It wasn't enough, just the fact that they were trying to kill him? <laughs> <laughs> uh, slow. It slows him down so Jonathan can get away. It's just a fucking bullshit conceit. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> It's so, just it, a contrivance. It changes the muscles or the bones. In Maybe the, the kneecap. Yes. Every time. Maybe here's what it is. Because Horace, you know, when we see him coming out of them, his physical or metaphysical form has embodied them, right? Like he's inside yes. of them, actually. Yes. His electronic body is inside of their bodies. And so he's still bound by his own whatever things, you know, his own in uh, reality injuries. There we go. I did it. I can't believe you got it, Tim. <laughs>
<laughs> Amazing. <laughs> All right. Last little factoidy things. Uh, it was interesting. It's from Wikipedia. It took around 13 submissions to the MPA to receive an R instead of an X. And some of what? the scenes that were cut included Pinker spitting out fingers that he bit off of the prison guard, okay. a longer, more graphic electrocution, mm. if you can imagine it being even longer, um, <laughs> a longer scene of a possessed coach stabbing his own hand. Uh, really? That's all? Th- those things were pushing it into X? Maybe more. And then know, as- I think it's extremely noteworthy that there is not a single fucking nipple in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's going to be that far um, as far box office wise. Well, except for Jonathan's, which were glorious. <laughs> it came out when it uh, premiered. It was ranking second in the box office behind the third weekend of Look Who's Talking. <laughs> I think I saw it, Look Who's Talking in the theater. <laughs> oh, my I definitely God. Definitely saw it a lot on video. Well, um, I think it's noteworthy that Dr. Timothy Leary was the TV evangelist. There you go. I love that. <laughs> it's just a fun uh, fun person to throw into a movie. All right. Are we done with Shocker? <sighs> yeah. Then let's do our recommendations. What do you recommend dead okay. for myself and our listening audience, Timothy? Okay, so... I don't remember what episode I recommended recommended this, but um, I have in the past recommended a podcast called Last Podcast on the Left. But I'm going to specifically recommend Dead their episode on the electric chair and the history of it Um, because it's so fucked up and super fucking interesting, but super fucked up. Our country and capital punishment is fucking nuts like what are we doing (laughs) and specifically the glorification of the electric chair did you see um that sounds great it's so it's uh it's episode five uh sorry episode 358 it's called the electric chair but episode 358 of last podcast on the left did you see um the Werner herzog movie on death row and all that stuff i think you'd really appreciate that it's good Cool. And not my recommendation, though I did recommend it. <laughs> oh, fuck. I wanted to ask one question before we got here. The one thing of note question, is this a horror movie? I mean, yeah. Is it? Because it feels like it's not to me in a way. It feels like it's something else. I am. I've found I'm more lenient with that than other people, but I also am someone who thinks I'm right. So <laughs> because I never think I'm right. I mean, yeah, so it's, say, it's, yeah, it's about a serial killer okay. jumping through murdering like 30 plus people like. Yeah, OK. Cool. With, like, All right, I'll take it. OK. Um, my recommendation, I've been um, doing films a lot and try to, but I have a non we have two non film recommendations. This one almost is specifically to you, Tim, too, because I thought of you really liking mm. this. I want right. to show it to you. What if I know what if I already know it? It's an Instagram <gasps> uh, account. Okay. And you don't even need Instagram to look at Instagram accounts. You can just go to Instagram and look it up. It's called 70s Sci-Fi Art. Ooh. 
Yes, exactly. Hell yeah. And you think like, remember when we were freaking out about the kind of art that was, you know, um, part of the aesthetic of Mandy, like the, the fantasy yeah. covers and stuff. This yeah. is the sci-fi side Ooh. of that. So you can kind of see. Oh my God. <laughs> right. Oh, it's like my dream. Exactly. So make a fucking movie in that landscape. Holy shit. Right. Um, so I think you should spend some time, Tim, looking through that. I just want, whoa, I just want all of my like walls covered in art like that. Great. Yeah. No, we'll check it out and you'll find your favorites and they, you know, usually say the name you of can the get a piece print. or the artist. Yeah. Cool. Um, it's seventies, like spelled out as the word then, but, and then all as one word, sci-fi art. So all of that's one word. Yeah. Cool. Seventies, sci-fi no dashes. No dash. Great. Check it out. Sweet. Cool, dude. I think it's your turn to pull from the hat, Oh, Tim. is it? All yeah. right. Let's do this. Because I lost the little shocker piece of paper. Well, it might I still it. be in there. Oh, good. No, I took it out and put it in the, Great. In the cup. <laughs> Let's do this one. <gasps> yes! What? What? <laughs> the stuff. The stuff! All right, Larry <laughs> Cohen. <laughs> Woo! can't wait i keep seeing this i forget if it's what platform it's on but i keep coming across it and wanting to start it and being like fuck i know this is in the hat (laughs) um i think we'll have fun i haven't seen it since probably high school i've I've I've, never seen it i saw it a few times then Mm. i remember enjoying it and um as uh and then afterwards you can watch um the documentary king cohen yeah really Learn all about his approach to filmmaking. Yeah. It's fun. Cool. Yeah. All right, right, folks. We did it. You should join us. Watch the stuff if you haven't recently or haven't at all. Join us for that discussion. Next week, in the meantime, you can find us at dismemberinghorror.com. Dismembering Horror. At Dismembering Horror on Instagram and at Dishorrorpod on Twitter. And you can email us, dismemberinghorror at You can tell at Gmail. Yeah. You can and should tell a friend about, mm-hmm. about us. Tell them to, to tune into one of uh, their their favorite one of their favorite movies that That's we right. may have talked about. Have some recent ones we've talked about. That's kind of an easy in. rate and review us. Yeah, have we gotten any new ones of those? I don't know. Tim. Let's look. I don't think so. Cool, but prove us wrong, people. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, I think that's it. So, in closing, as always, thank you so so much joining us and listening and we will see you and you'll hear us next time goodbye Goodbye.